Happy August, everyone. Hope you're doing well. I'm your host, David Huang, and welcome to the Third Culture Kingdom. Today, we're going to be talking with a community leader, believer, brother, fellow Baylor Bear, my dude, Jamarcus Ransom. We're going to be talking about keeping calm and using our time as young adults in the midst of this season. He'll be dropping the goods, so tune in. You're listening to Chaos Essentials. Keep calm and chill. So without further ado, today I get to introduce our VIP guest, newly minted quarter of a century, currently a young professional in the one and only Waco, Texas. I'm honored to have a fellow Baylor alum, co-labor ministry mentor and community leader, Jamarcus Ransom. Glad to have you at the Third Culture Kingdom, bro. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, bro. Yes, definitely, definitely. So glad to, to, to catch you and to yeah, have you on. So what's good? You've been well during this time? Yeah, man. Uh, things are as good as they can be, given the circumstances. So uh, kind of enjoying the downtime, the forced downtime. Uh, I don't think we really realize in America how fast we live our lives. So it's nice to kind of have time to sit and reflect and kind of think on life and what's going on. Um, but also, you know, it's challenging just because of what's going on in the world. So mm. pandemic is not good by any means. Um, yeah. And then obviously uh, the worldwide attention to racial injustice, police brutality yeah. um, brings its own challenges yes. as a black man. So yes. it's, been, it's been a combination of good and restful, uh, but also just a reminder of, I mean, there's work to be done and yeah, got to be a part of it. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, that's real talk. I'm almost just thinking about how, yeah, there's just so many fronts that different people are dealing with and it's like you can feel squeezed on both sides and you're just like man like how do i maintain my own space and my own peace but also engage in a healthy way so exactly um, yeah that's that that's the tension Um, oh it's i yeah that's a good word to describe this time tension yeah uh no everybody's kind of looking for direction right now yes yes sir yes sir um, so for people listening, could you share a little bit about yourself, your background and, uh, your journey to kind of where you are now? Yeah. Uh, so from college station, Texas, uh, if you don't know where that is, Texas A&M, uh, that's my hometown born and raised <laughs> there. My, most of my family lives there. Uh, but I knew I needed to get out of there. So, uh, moved to Waco a little while ago to attend Baylor hey. and I mean, there, there's a lot I could, could throw in that time at Baylor, but uh, basically what I'll say is uh, it was a good time, good four years, just learned a lot about myself, other people, um, got involved in different leadership opportunities and um, just experiences in the community, um, grew, grew a lot in my face and got involved through different ministry leadership um, opportunities and experiences. So uh, my time at, at Baylor was a time that much like right now, uh, I felt tension in what I got involved in, but uh, was challenged to grow personally uh, and grew in a lot of ways. But uh, since then, graduated, I've worked at Baylor a few different times. And in the middle of that, had a ministry internship. Um, It was a job, but worked for a church for a year. So um, I've been around Waco, um, passionate about uh, justice, passionate about uh, community 
rebuilding, um, mentorship, building up communities. Uh, I think that the answer to problems are, are best found uh, from the in in and from the people that are experiencing those problems. So mm, yeah. a big passionate area for me is making sure that those people are being heard and mm. getting a chance to share yeah. the solutions to the problems they're facing. So uh, a little bit about me, love God, uh, just for me figuring out every day what it looks like to do that yeah. in a healthy way and to help other people do that in a healthy way. Uh, love people. Yeah. That's me. That's me. A little bit about me. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny because <laughs> yesterday when you know, I came across your Instagram, man, and looking through your stories. And I was like, yo, this guy, literally, like, every single person I see over here, just like, yo, like, you know, Jamarcus is the dude. Like, yo, Jamarcus is the homie. Oh, like, big brother Jamarcus. Like, oh, like, got to show no, my brother some love. And I was just like, yo, <laughs> this guy, like, you know, so loved in the community. Like, for, so for real, for real, you know, I'm sure that, um, you know, even from our conversations and even – you know, our friendship back in the day. And also <laughs> that one time where we went to the, we, we stayed uh, at the hotel, oh, the hotel room. Bro, I, I remember yes. that night too. Man, those, those yes, were sir, bro. some good times just hanging out. The, the clutches of the clutch <laughs> saved us from uh, driving all the way back to Waco <laughs> that night. Clutch. No, uh, man, the good times. But that, dang, that, that was a while ago too. Yeah, that was some years. A year, two years now? Literally, right? Man. Man, time um, flies. I know, man. I, I know, man. Um, but yeah, you look fresh. You look good. And uh, yeah, super, super. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, good, good to see you. So um, what have you been doing with your time, uh, you know, uh, kind of on a day-to-day level? Um, and how has life been as a young adult after college, you know? Yeah, so... Uh, I'll kind of answer it in two parts. I'll answer it pre-COVID and then uh, post-COVID. But sure. uh, since I, I graduated, definitely, I would say life definitely doesn't look like I intended uh, or like I planned for it to look. Um, I think that uh, we all think that we graduate, we get a job and start making a bunch of money. Uh, but I found myself after I graduated not really sure what I wanted to do. And I still would say today I'm figuring that out, figuring that out every day. Um, but I started working at Baylor. Um, I did research for the provost, uh, was a special assistant. Uh, so I did that for a year, got some really good experience. Um, and at the same time I was leading, um, small groups and some student ministries, um, at my church. So I did a combination of those things every day. So it'd be like, you know, wake up, go to work, leave work, go to a small group or some kind of meeting or meet with somebody. Um, and so I got into a habit of, waking up at eight o'clock, leaving my house, maybe coming home at five to change clothes and then being out until 10. Um, and in some shape or form, that's kind of been my routine um, since I graduated in 2017. So just waking up, going, um, you know, fitting in time to volunteer with the boys group um, that one of my friends, Darius Brown, mm-hmm. started in Waco, um, meeting with different people, trying to maintain relationships with people across uh, Waco and different age groups. So that's really been um, the function of my life. This year, I started to work as an admissions counselor, so fitting in a little bit of travel in the middle of that. Oh. So I primarily work in Dallas, so I only really travel to Dallas. But, um, you know, every now and then would have a week-long or a three-day trip to Dallas. Uh, and so definitely seeing the 
8 a.m. to 10 or 11 p.m. Uh, lifestyle increase uh, this past year. So for me, uh, COVID has been nice. Uh, another thing is I'm not a planner, so didn't plan very much uh, during that time. So I would just wake up, go, and kind of figure it out as I went throughout the day. Uh, so since COVID, my days have kind of looked like uh, waking up. I try to get a run or a workout in every day. Um, a lot more time of taking care of myself because I think that's yeah. one big thing I've learned during COVID is that the lifestyle that we see um, or like that we're encouraged to live doesn't really promote self-care. Right. I mean, I think they're starting to, they're starting to be more emphasis on self-care, but running around all the time, it's very hard to take care of yourself. So yeah. um, that's been a big area of emphasis for me, especially with just, I think the emotional toll that um, the national attention to racism has brought. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I've lived with my whole life and learned to manage, but I think the, the spotlight on it uh, globally has led to a lot more conversations that I usually right. can pace myself out for. So, yeah. Um, yeah, waking up, getting a workout in. Um, I, you know, try to at some point throughout the morning, get some worship music playing, um, you know, get a little bit of prayer in, not at a specific time for any amount of time, but just try to make that a part of my daily routine. Get, you know, on that work schedule, work from home life. Uh, so it, it's nice because I can think through everything, think about what I want to eat. I love acai bowls, bro. So I eat an acai bowl, like clockwork every day. Um, but yeah, and finishing my day and I try to get a phone call in with somebody since I'm for the most part staying at home, um, trying to do my part to social distance, you know? Yeah. Um, so I try to get a phone call in with somebody at least once a day, um, throughout the day or whenever I have a break or usually when I go on a walk after work. Mm-hmm. Um, just to stay connected to people. Um, I'm also just figuring out different ways to actively be a part of uh, fighting for justice from yeah. living a semi-quarantine life. So that's been a big part of my daily routine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just figuring out how to fit that in and then also um, figuring out how I can share different things I feel led to share. Yeah. Uh, on a more public platform so that I don't have to spend a lot of time individually talking to people about race or my perspective or anything like that. So that's kind of my, my daily routine. Now Uh, I will definitely say I am not where right now at, I'm not where I thought I would be right now in life. That's probably the best way to say that. Uh, But it's been a good journey. Sure. Yeah. I kind of just, I definitely relate to you. It's like, I feel like many of us are realizing we're like, man, like I thought I was going to be somewhere else. I thought I was going to be doing this or X, Y, Z or in this position. And, um, you know, God has a funny way of, you know, having things come together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unexpected ways. Um, but you know, at the end, at the end of the day, you know, believe that his, uh, plan is good and he's got good things for us. Um, I kind of, there's, there's a couple things that come to my mind as, a, as you mentioned, um, you know, multiple things, you know, first, first thing just being, um, you know, that our generation, you know, people our age, I think, especially kind of live this hustle and grind culture, you know, where it's just yep. like, yo, like gotta do be, be, you know, starting this brand, gotta be starting this new thing. Like, Oh, like yep. gotta be multiple you know, cash flows. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> real talk real talk and then i think that you know you can you can even take on you know what things that people that uh 
you know, our generation has looked up to at times, right? Like, oh, mama mentality, mm-hmm. like, oh, if you aren't, if you aren't practicing, like somebody's practicing at 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, or yep. something. Yep. <laughs> and it's just like, yep. yo, like, in order to practice well in the day, like, I'm going to have to, like, get some sleep, so. <laughs> exactly, bro. Um, I mean, like, it's crazy. Yeah, so so that's one thing that came to my mind. The second thing is um, just that transition period from, you know, college to uh, young adulthood uh, or adulting, mm-hmm. as, as we call it sometimes. Um, but <laughs> what was your expectation for, you know, yeah. becoming, you know, like an adult? Like, because you said, oh, it wasn't, you know, it just was different from what you expected. So it's like, what was yeah. that expectation before that you kind of envisioned of like, oh, yeah, like, now I got a job, you know, what's what's happening? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it was shaped by society. So hmm. uh, you, especially going to Baylor, uh, everybody expects that you're going to get a good return on your investment, meaning that mm. your first job out of college is going to equate to the amount of money that you spent at Baylor. Oh. And so I think... Uh, I was an MIS major, so everybody assumed that I would go, yep, everybody assumed that I would go get a job in management information systems, and that is a pretty lucrative uh, career path, depending on what you get into. There's opportunities for that, Uh, but for me, I was not, that's not what I was interested in. I mean, I shared what I'm passionate about earlier. MIS does not necessarily uh, give you the opportunity to do those things right? Um, on an everyday basis. So for me, I've taken more of a route of like figuring out what I want to do. Uh, but I definitely thought that I would have graduated, started a full-time job, probably like moved somewhere else. Not mm-hmm. definitely not have stayed in Waco, moved to a big city, started mm-hmm. working for a corporation. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably by this point, be like dating to get engaged, get married. Uh, but that would be the expectation and what i've realized especially during like covid quarantine is that those expectations of society aren't healthy and i think you know we all hear the midlife crisis type thing i i feel like that doesn't have to happen to our generation that doesn't have to happen to us yeah that we as a generation should really follow i mean we're passionate about stuff for a reason god gives Mm -hmm. us passions for a reason so follow those passions and be okay with like taking the time to figure them out um, yeah. that doesn't mean you have yeah. to do a thousand things at once but take care of yourself if there's something you want to try give it a try if it's not meant for you if it's not what god wants you to do it won't i mean you'll figure it out pretty quickly mm-hmm. it won't play out um and i know everybody's in different places and everybody doesn't maybe not have the freedom to do that but if you do i mean try out the stuff you want to try um i mean you're you're only in your 20s once there's no need to um start down a career path right out of college if you aren't sure that's what you want to do so yeah uh, yeah that's expectations are definitely different than the reality i think that i'm living and learning right now for sure that's good stuff good stuff you know it's kind of funny that you mentioned some of the things that you did regarding information systems because i legit did not remember until just now that we had an mis class together yes sir you know, yes, in database, database management, that was it. That was database it. management. Yep. Man. <laughs> and I, I was not the best student in it, um, like at all. Somehow, you know, I mean, we had great, to be honest, I felt like our professor was pretty great. Like I felt like yeah, she, we had she, good she, she was legit. And like, I think that 
I just didn't put in the work and effort to, you know, excel in it. But but she was legit. She was legit and super super nice and um, approachable and open and like wanted mm-hmm. to spend time with us. But um, hey, for for the people out there in college, it's like yo go build relationship with your professor for real. Like I wish I yeah. did. I I didn't do that. Like I wish I yep. did now. Like because those like these professors actually do like want to connect with you. Yeah. Um, and I mean, uh, one thing I'll add with that is like that process of figuring out what you're passionate about of trying. I mean, if say myself for myself, for you, David, MIS major, I am, I say, I just wanted the social interaction. I wanted to interact with people. You're, I mean, for me, I'm like talking to professors, they were willing to share, Hey, this is how you could do more of that in MIS. It just mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily what I want to do, but right, they, right. they were there, you know? So yeah. there's people all along our journeys in life that will do that. It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be a professor, but like, I mean, ask people, random people, your age, people older, ask them like, how did you, how do you do this? Or yeah. any suggestions of somebody that I can talk with that does this? Yeah. Uh, Cause those connects are. Nah, real talk, real talk. Um, man, we're, we're just, dropping all the gems today for because for real for real i mean i think people don't recognize the power of the question to be honest you know i think people always want to just you know know but they don't want to ask you know and literally i'm like i've begun to realize that you know one of the biggest keys to i don't know just life in relationship with people with god is asking the right questions and asking the good questions i'm like because many people it's like they want to share too but if you don't ask them the right questions then you're never going to get there yeah and i mean it even reminds me of that passage in um oh man i don't remember it's in one of the gospels but where it talks about you know um you know jesus telling the parable of of um you know the neighbor that um asks his other na- his his neighbor with shameless audacity like at like three in the morning for like a loaf of bread and and, and the the the, yep. the neighbor's like oh like he doesn't give him the bread just because like he's his neighbor it's like it says like oh he gave it to him because of his shameless audacity that like he was willing to ask like so you know being like yo i don't care that you know you got <laughs> not that he doesn't care that he has a family and all these things but it's like no he was willing to go ask like and be like yeah yo I'm going to put myself out there. And if like I get rejected, I'm going to get rejected. And yep. people aren't willing you gotta to knock on the door. Them. Yeah. People knock on the door. To... If you want somebody to answer. Yeah. Real talk, real talk. Um, but, uh, <laughs> trying to get back on schedule now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we, we mentioned, you know, um, you know, racial injustice, um, COVID and just all these different, uh, stresses and events going on um, in in society. Uh, how have you been, you know, keeping calm, keeping the peace of your mind? You know, how do you go about that? Um, so you, we could answer that in two parts, you know, the first part with yeah. injustice, because that's um, something that almost, I think, um, comes in waves. Um, and, and yeah, um, yeah. So I'll, I'll let you go on there. Yeah. Um... With racial injustice, man, I, it's a it's a tricky one because it's not new. Like this isn't 
what is being talked about on a global scale right now is not new. This mm-hmm. is not something that I am just being um, introduced to. It's something that I've learned. Unfortunately, had to learn at a young age to cope with and to deal with. I've been yeah. in predominantly white settings my entire life. I mean, I went to predominantly white high school, all of my grade school, and then college went to predominantly white church. So I think those are settings that forced me to build almost coping mechanisms to right. um, make it honestly on a day to day. I would say right now, uh, the difference is that in the previous spaces, I uh, was called on a lot to share perspective, um, but I took initiative, which I should not have had to do. And now I'm like realizing that wasn't my job right. to bring change. I took initiative to make it a better space for myself and for other mm, people that look yeah. like me, along with others, right. um, where now I'm seeing some of those same people that I was talking to in the past reaching out to me as if mm. they're just becoming aware of issues and right. wanting my input or advice. Mm-hmm. So I think for myself, um, I've had some, I mean, I have some good friends that keep me accountable to this, but pacing myself, not meeting and talking with every person right. that wants right. to talk to me. Um, I mean, being honest with them, like, Hey, we haven't talked in a year. Um, if I'm the only black person you can think of to talk to that shows there's work that needs to be done in your life. So mm-hmm. I think for myself personally, I've, been more um stingy with my time uh so just not giving sure. my time to everybody or just um, more aware thing, more aware that's a i mean that's true itself it's more aware of my time more aware of who i'm speaking to who i'm speaking with um i think again social media has been a, a double-edged sword so yeah. uh, using social media to share things with multiple people at one time mm-hmm. um, but also that can be challenging because there's people that are sharing things that are not <laughs> helpful mm-hmm. um and that are i mean just as racist as some of the things that we're experiencing through the system so i think for myself personally just trying to balance who i follow on social media who i engage with setting boundaries for myself uh with who i respond to mm-hmm. things like that um and then also my last thing is i haven't really engaged in like news articles or <clears throat> there's no need for me to watch the news to be reminded of something I'm already aware of. Sure. Um, so that's been helpful for me. Um, I mean, the one of the most frustrating parts of all of this has been the circulating videos with everybody being at home and being on social media so much, the circulating videos of mm-hmm. Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd being murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, that mm-hmm. for me is problematic. Uh, that for yeah. me is traumatic. So I think, yeah, is the fact that uh, social media has become a place where those things are being shown all the time um, mm-hmm. to raise awareness for one group of people uh, right. has also on the other side been traumatic, I think, for right. a lot of others. So yeah. just watching myself on social media, the news I ingest, yeah. um, and also sharing like, hey, with the, things, the same thing I just said to you about those videos, sharing that on social media um, to try to make other people more aware of that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just taking it day by day, man, giving mm-hmm. myself breaks sometimes, uh, pulling away from social media in my phone. I try to do that mm-hmm. like one night a week. Um, I haven't done that this week. That's my reminder. But like putting my phone down for one night a week. Right. Um, just different things like that. So yeah. it's been a challenge, but every day trying something different. I'm starting counseling, so that's been helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Every little thing I can. No, that's good. That's good. Um, I think I was talking to you actually, maybe, maybe it was a month ago or something, but I think it might've been you who was talking about, you know, even just putting the do not disturb, you know, or airplane mode or whatever on your phone um, at a certain time and kind of just being like, yep. okay, from there on out, right. The rest of the day, you know, I may or may not, you know, look at these messages, but like, I'm not yep. going to get a notification for them and let them kind of um, put me on the reactionary side all the time. Um, exactly. And, and it's actually funny because I think um, I, I actually, I think I started doing that. I think maybe, I don't know, maybe it was a month ago and it's actually been really helpful for me as well. Just kind of not, being on my phone as much and also not, yeah, you know, thinking, Oh, I need to check my phone now. Oh, like I have this notification. Exactly. I got this. And, um, so that, that's actually been really helpful as well. Um, yeah. Kind of going off of what you said about, um, you know, almost just being aware of, you know, racial trauma all the time. I think I, I, I remember mentioning to a friend is like literally, I think that's something that's, that people just don't recognize, right? The fact that I think if you are born in America and, you know, are, um, you know, black, if you're Asian, mm -hmm. if you, you know, are, you know, Hispanic, Latino, Latina, um, Indian, or, I mean, if you are, yeah, not white in, yeah, in America, it's very it's it's very likely that you've experienced a lot of i guess i'm you know what i'm going to call like tr trauma like or traumatic events yeah. um that marked you um and i i'm not going to go too far down that that road um <laughs> but but yeah. cuz i mean even things that seem right very um slight right like but when you realize that you know, like the emotional impact it had on you when you were seven or when you were eight, Exactly. you know, exactly. and, and, and coming back to that place. And then almost finally, now that everything is, um, has been brought to the national spotlight, it's almost like your internal reality for years has finally been manifested in the external reality. And mm -hmm. now that those things are matching, it's almost like, whoa, I can feel so, so, so overwhelmed, you know, and how mm -hmm. do I come out of this place of, of pain and, and trauma um, and actually uh, heal and move forward in a healthy way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah it, that's been, that's been the, I think, most challenging part is um, exactly what you just said, that like come coming out of trauma and painful experiences and moving forward i feel like what's happening right now is like it's almost rushing that process for people um because white people want to learn now so i feel like a lot of people of color feel rushed to mm -hmm. forgive and come out of traumatic experiences quickly yeah. to educate yeah their peers who now want right. to engage in the conversation and learn more. right so yeah. I, I mean i think that's yeah. one big part of like um keeping calm and like for myself and balancing is like, I can't rush a process. And this is where everything, this is probably that's downtime, but I, I can't rush a process mm -hmm. or I can't rush mm -hmm. processing something. I need to take the time I need to think through what I've experienced to understand what happened yeah. to learn from it. So it uh -huh. doesn't, I don't let it happen to me, happen to me again. Right. Um, especially with racial trauma and organization. So I think, uh, one thing I've learned for myself is like, I can't, I don't need to rush to be okay yep. 
yep. for other people. Um, I don't have to be okay for other people. Right. Uh, which I think for, especially as a black man, that's not something that um, I am used to like hearing. Yeah. I'm just like, my mindset is always like, oh, I have to be, I just, I think I maybe put this on myself and like part of my personality, but I'm like, I need to be all right all the time. Yeah, right. Uh, but just realizing that like, I don't have to rush to be okay for other mm-hmm. people. Yeah, no, that's that's a word, man. Um, it, it even brings me to think about how, to be honest, I think that many people, um, at least, I mean, I, I'll speak, let's say, for the Asian community for a little bit. And mm-hmm. of course, not, you know, every Asian person is in this boat or Asian American is in this boat. But I, I think I've begun to realize that there's a lot of um, racial trauma and or pain um, that needs to be uh, unpacked and healed from um, before even beginning to, you know, start beginning to start uh, really even like trying to, you know, engage and share with people Mm -hmm. like, or, uh, or even advocate. Cause I think there's a lot of times, right. Where, a lot of the pain, right, colors what we've go- we've gone through, and 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 speaking into that is just becomes really challenging, um, because I think there's yeah a lot of un- um, unresolved um, and unaddressed, um, you know, uh, experiences that 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 many people um, and yeah in the Asian uh, Asian American community, Asian community mm-hmm. in America, where I've realized I'm like man, like many people are like pretty unaware of like the stuff that they've gone through and haven't worked through it. Um, and so it just, um, you know, it sits there. Cause I think it, there's, Oh man, I wasn't planning on going this way, but I guess we'll, 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 we'll talk about it. Um, cause I, cause I actually think that there's, uh, I've been reading a few different books. Um, one is, um, uh, called, uh, prophetic lament, um, by Dr. Simpson. Okay. And one of the things he talks about is that in American culture, we've, um, and especially within the American church, we've created um, our, the language that we have is is a lot of uh, is geared towards right understanding who's guilty right and like dealing with the guilt of sin right and many times we deal with right the the sin that somebody's committed which which mm-hmm. you know, has to do with the person the the offender right but we don't really deal with the shame that actually comes from being sinned against. And, you know, like for people who have been hurt, for people that have been, you know, marginalized and, you know, uh, broken down, there really is no language to really deal with the shame that they feel, um, yep. you know, regarding, oh, like, you know, because we many times, right, it's like, oh, speak up or something. It's like, yo, like I'm hurting and I'm broken, like, and it feels shameful for me to, to, to admit that I'm, that I'm hurt right now. Yeah, no. Um, and so that, that's just, you know, one thing that, that, you know, it kind of makes me think about, um, you know, in this broader topic. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't planning on going down that yeah. road, but no, I mean that, I, that's very true. I, I know something for myself that I've that over this past year have had to kind of think through, um, is the fact that I, I put myself in a, a space, a church that. I experienced racial trauma. And so therefore myself was shame mm. 
for putting myself like why did I stay there why did I put myself in that position why did I bring other people into that hmm. environment knowing that I because there were points where I was aware of hmm. trauma that I was experiencing and so then I I had shame from that you know like why did I put people in this position right um, right yeah and then like why did I put myself in this position man bro dang that's <laughs> that's that's yeah, real bro. I mean and man like I said I mean I I was not planning on going down this road you know you uh, um <laughs> and and but I think that yeah there's there's something that you know it feels like right shame piles yep. on right it's like you feel shame for feeling shame even and yep. then you're just like oh like and then we kind of shrink back and 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 the the relationships that we have whether it's you know with god or with other people kind of you know start disconnecting and then we're kind of like yo you know and and but the fact the fact that you know we're able to expose that and talk about shame right and and just be like yo like no the shame like it was real like and it feels real yeah sometimes right and you try and you know, in exposing it and acknowledging it, right? We we are yep. in one sense uh, confronting um, that and trying to dismantle, um, you know, the the um, the effects of shame and and, mm-hmm. and what it's trying to do um, in our communities. So, uh, yeah, man, that's a word, bro. It's that's a lot. Um, it's a, it's a it's a process. That's all. That's the one thing. If there's one thing I learned. It is a process that takes some time, especially for me, person with me personally, um, with in regards to racial trauma, is oh, it's not going to be oh. a quick fix. So. Oh, real talk, man, real talk. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm sure we could talk about that for a long time. I don't want to, you know, linger in that that <laughs> space for too long because I'm like, man, I'm sure that we could both unpack a lot of things where you're just like, yeah, not just, like, yeah not just externally in, you know, these different settings, but also in settings that are close to us or, or yep, just yep. X, Y, Z. So, um, it's a lot, it's a lot. Um, but, um, kind of <laughs> trying to, to talk about the second part that we were um, talking about, like, how do you stay aware of kind of like what's going on with COVID, but also not let that overwhelm you? Cause I, I, I mean, for myself, right. It's trying to like stay up to date on the news but then also kind of being aware that like, okay, like, you know, like what yeah. these, there's all these different um, messages. Yeah. It was like ascending. So COVID has been a hard one um, for me personally, because uh, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Seeing other countries collectively respond mm-hmm. um, to COVID by wearing a mask. I mean, by social distancing and seeing their numbers uh, become manageable, regardless of the size difference, regardless mm. of the uh, like proportion of citizens they have in comparison to us, has been disheartening for me in regards to America. Um, yeah. I think that we have too many smart people in America to not be able to collectively collectively come together to contain mm-hmm. a virus that has killed over 150,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so. What I'm I'm prefacing with that because one way that I've managed to I think stay sane for myself personally is keeping perspective on that. Like, hey, this this isn't a virus that is unmanageable. Hmm. It's manageable. We just are not choosing to manage it. And one of my friends who uh, studied public health said it. I mean, explained it really well to me. But in America, we are cure and treatment focused. 
Mm. So we want to see, like, we want the cure. We want the treatment for whatever the disease or the virus is. But we don't focus on prevention. And something she mentioned is, like, a lot of things that Americans die from, we can prevent those. They, they are things that don't have to happen, like um, heart disease, obesity. Those are things that are preventable. But Americans are just more concerned about with the treatment or the cure is so right now there's like you know news circulating about a doctor saying there's a cure and yeah I, I won't go too deep into that uh but i i'm like for the same people who are upset about people not listening to her about the cure i want to ask them have they been wearing a mask and social distancing um because being able to do those things I think for all of us would be more beneficial regardless on regardless of what side of the aisle you're on whether you believe it's real and or you believe it's a hoax um if you want to see the economy open back up covid cases have to go down so wear a mask right yeah if you don't if you care about other people which we all should <laughs> don't want people to get sick right wear a mask either right. way we should all wear a mask and social distance so yeah i'm saying all that because one thing that has helped me and it kept helped me keep perspective is just being aware like hey the cases are going up because when i drive by a restaurant the parking lot is full the cases are going up because people are going on vacations. The cases are going up because people are choosing to continue to do things that have been shared um, as being hotspots for contracting COVID. Um, mm -hmm. So that's been one thing that's actually been really helpful for me because at first I think I was struggling a little bit with just the rise in cases and how easily it was spreading. But then again, <clears throat> it helped me to realize, hey, cases are going up because people are choosing to do things that spread the virus, um, which take that, whoever listens to this, you can take that for uh, however you want. But that's the one thing that's been helpful. Um, I, I had to stop looking at numbers because in Waco yeah. for a long time, we were at one or two or zero cases a day for months. And then as soon as everything opened up and there was no mask mandate, we went up to like 200 cases a day. Hmm. Um, but again, I had to realize for myself and even share with some of my friends who were getting frustrated and kind of nervous about the numbers. Like, hey, if you drive by George's, which is a restaurant here in Waco, the parking lot is full. Um, like the cases are going up because people are just going out. Not, and yeah, they're just going out. And I mean, like in bars and just hanging out. So um, it, it's not like people when people were social distancing. And I know a, a like stay at home order is extreme. But when people were social distancing, and I mean, for Waco, the stay-at-home order, people were still hanging out. Of course, they couldn't eat in restaurants, but it wasn't like people were just locked in their house. Mm -hmm. right. Our cases were very manageable. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. yeah, that's been big for me. Um, another thing is like, <laughs> I'm trying to think, uh, I'm trying to be careful what I say here. Um, <laughs> but I just think leadership is important. Yeah. Especially in times like this. And I don't think that COVID has been handled the best in America. Sure. Uh, from a leadership perspective yeah uh so i, I have personally uh, just focused on listening to medical professionals mm -hmm. um listening to the cdc listening to the world Her the world health organization um listening to what those organizations and individuals are putting out because i trust them uh with a medical issue uh, in the same way that i would trust a pilot to fly an airplane i'm not going to ask a bus driver how to fly an airplane so sure uh, that's been helpful for me it's like just being aware of who i'm listening to where i'm getting information um i mean we can i think another thing that's been challenging for people with covid is like 
But what if uh, what if the media is just trying to scare us? One, I don't even look at news sources, so that's one thing. I stop looking at news sources. I go straight to the CDC website. Um, I go straight. I mean, I just listen for the weekly or daily update from the public health district in Waco. Hmm. Um, those inf- those resources and that information is more beneficial than hearing uh, an opinion piece sure. on COVID nineteen. Right. So right. Because I yeah. think that that's a challenge for people. It's like, well, what if it's not true? Um, and the other thing I'll say to that is, trust the scientists on the science. Um, sure. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's been <laughs> helpful for me. Yeah. They, our friends posting stuff on social media about COVID nineteen that haven't studied science. Or yeah, I'll just stop there. They're they're not the most reliable source, so I don't really yeah. care too much about what they're saying. Sure, yeah, and and the thing too is I think that with both of these things, you know, racial injustice and racism, and you know, even COVID, I think it's mm-hmm. revealed and exposed kind of how many people don't believe events or or concepts or things unless it impacts them directly them directly yes sir and it it just always feels far off and so we try to figure out ways to fill in the <clears throat> gaps that we don't understand and yep. um but it's almost like i think many times right it's almost like to an extent reg- like connecting that with our faith right like our faith is you know, like almost being willing to ask questions, right? It's being willing mm-hmm. to, to, you know, seek and, you know, you'll find, you know, knock and the door will be open, ask and you'll, you'll receive, you know? And I think that too many times, right? Yeah. We've just tried, tried to take things into our own hands, right? And try and like, yep. okay, like, let, let me try and find something that I, you know, can, can maybe confirm what I, what I thought before or something. Yeah. Um, and but, uh, uh, one one thing you just made me think of real quick, I'll add in, is I think something else I've realized during uh, this pandemic is how individualistic Americans are. And I mean, just like you said, people don't, it doesn't hit them until it's close to them. But also the only person that most people are concerned about is themselves right now. Hmm. Um, and I just think what, how would this, how we ha- would we have responded to this pandemic if we all collectively thought about each other? We thought about the people that were losing their jobs because half of us don't want to wear masks. We thought about the people that um, are getting sick and losing their lives mm-hmm. because someone wants to open their business. Yeah. Um, so if we all collectively <laughs> thought about each other and how everybody is hurting from COVID-19, right. I feel like our approach and our response to it could be a lot more uniform, unified, right. and yeah. to us yeah. getting the yeah. virus under control. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Um, it's, I was actually going to say that too at some point, um, just regarding the individualistic culture of how, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, just try and look out for ourselves and whatnot. And um, it's, uh, it's just so much to, to, to work through. And I, I don't know if you do, if you know people, but I mean, like, I mean, I know per- people personally, right, who have, you know, gotten... COVID, yep, yep. you know, fever, major fatigue, yep. you know, like hospital, like just, you know, all these effects. And I'm just like, it, 
obviously is happening you know it's yeah. it's a real thing that you know people are experiencing that you know is spreading you know quickly um if if we don't take precautions and don't actually exactly um go into prevention and even just that thought um reminds me of something i was thinking of before regarding prevention you you talked about um you know prevention rather than uh rather like treatment. than treat uh yeah treatment rather than the cure um and yep. and focusing on the cure rather than or, well, like uh, yeah okay. uh, americans are more i mean i feel i hadn't thought about this, but it's true we want to know like with something like COVID, it's like, why wear a mask? We want to hear that there's a cure or treatment because if there's a cure or treatment, it doesn't matter if we get it. Right. But yes. we could avoid getting it if we were right. taking more preventative right. action. Yes. Yes. And and with that, I was going to say that I, I feel like that applies to actually many organizations, communities, and individuals too, mm -hmm. right? In, mm -hmm. in terms that I think we wait until, you know, we, we, we wait until uh, almost the 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 dam breaks and the water gushes forward, and then we're like, oh, okay, now we got to deal with the problem. You know, instead of being yeah. like, man, like there there's been a lot of um, you know, water that's been building up, but like you know, we haven't been um, consistently trying to deal with it, consistently try to attack it, you know, and so you know, we get stuck in positions where we're dealing with the volcano that's erupted rather than, you know, figuring out, okay, like how do we actually deal with, you know, the, 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 yep. the, the, the lava buildup, you know, how do we deal with the, 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 the wounds that have continually, you know, been, been hitting or, 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 or picking at us. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I mean, individual relationships, you know, like organizations, all these different things. I'm like, yeah, you know, that like we, we too often wait, like, instead like things that could be dealt with easily are not because we decide to you know hold off on it we we decide to dismiss it you know and whatnot yep. and um you know that's kind of what we this is what we come to when when that happens yeah hey exactly i mean couldn't have described it better bro <laughs> it's um, I, I would love to see us as a country collectively respond so that we can get back to a more normal day-to-day yeah. -day life. But yeah. I, yeah. I need to play basketball. Ah. Unfortunately, I cannot do that until people start taking COVID serious. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so uh, moving, moving on, I feel like, man, I feel like I've been talking a lot. <laughs> Bro, you're good. Oh no, this is, this is not good. This is not good. Um, but uh, what you been doing to just chill? What you been doing to chill during this time, man? Yeah, uh, so I never thought I would say this, but bro, I love going on runs. Oh! Never in my life did I think I would say that. Uh, but I try to, try to get a run in every, at least every day, um, either in the morning or after work. Um, also love, you know, finding a good TV show or movie to binge watch on Netflix um, <laughs> or like, you know, Hulu, I have all of the streaming services. So I love ah! finding a new show <laughs> to like stream or binge watch. That's a, a daily routine. Uh, so <laughs> go on the run either in the morning um, or after work, I always either go on a walk or a run both the morning and afternoon every day. And then after I get back, get something to eat. Um, so another thing is I've been like, 
cooking, trying to cook good meals. Oh, sure. Uh, so cooking a nice meal or like every now and then I'll eat out supporting black owned businesses. Y'all should do it. Um, <laughs> but then I'll come Real back time. and watch a TV show uh, or like watch a movie. That's, that's my chill. Like that is the chillest thing. Um, I mean, COVID is the best excuse to stay at home. And mm-hmm. so all these TV shows that have been on my Netflix uh, watch list, I'm making my way through them. Uh, nice, nice. Uh, for real, running and walking is just so good for you. And I think that it's overlooked. Granted, I, I actually hate running too. I mean, uh, I don't remember if me and you talked about that before, but I literally feel we like probably have. if – Unless I have a purpose for my running, you know, it's really hard for me to run. Um, but I, have you ever uh, run the, the marathon? No. Nah. Okay. I didn't like running. At, when we were in college, I, was, I mean, unless I was playing basketball, I wasn't going on. Yeah, for real, for real. I mean, I did that my senior year. And, and I mean, that was like literally the, the, the longest period of my life where I was running consistently. Um, I was like, I don't know if I would do that again, half marathon, but... <laughs> Bro, I, honestly, I I just started running at some point during uh, COVID just because I wasn't getting basketball. I play basketball usually like every day. So I wasn't playing oh. basketball and I was like, I need to stay active during COVID because I'm yeah. not trying to, you know, yeah. put on weight. Right. So I started going on runs and I, I mean, it feels good to like say, oh man, I ran for 45 minutes straight or like I ran five miles a day or like. I don't do that every day, but like when you do that for the first time, it feels good, you know? So oh, yeah. I look forward to going on a run and seeing how fast I can complete what, you know, whatever route I'm running yeah. or like, Hey, I didn't like it when I first started, but now I like look forward to trying to like beat Damn. my last goal or my last time. Yeah. So yeah. You make it, good. make it a competition with yourself uh-huh. and then yeah. it's a game changer. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, have you been keeping up with the NBA bubble thing coming up or not Bro, really? Yeah, I have. Uh, pretty much all sports except for baseball. I've been keeping up with the comeback. Uh, so I'm ready to see. I think it's going to be cool. I mean, I'm ready to see the season tip off. So what that is two days from now? Yeah, real or time. Tomorrow. Woo, two days yep. the, or yeah. tomorrow or Yeah, I think tomorrow. Friday. I think tomorrow or Friday. Tomorrow. Yeah. So ready to see that. Um, I mean, hope they stay safe. It sounds like it's, I mean, they've had zero negative tests since they've arrived. Zero positive, zero positive tests. I mean, zero positive tests. My bad, my (laughs) bad. Uh, So it seems like it's a a safe setup so we can get to enjoy sports, bro. I I need something. Since I can't play basketball, I need something. (laughs) Uh, And I feel like it's low-key turned into like a reality, a reality special, hearing (laughs) the different stuff that they're doing and like seeing all of their social media uh posts about different parts of the bubble uh but i saw one day they were building a barbershop and somebody had <laughs> tweeted like this is to really turning into like uh 2k my player mode <laughs> uh, like bro, they're building a barbershop in there so it's gonna be i think it's gonna be pretty cool i'm ready for it to kick off okay okay uh who, who you got for uh you know who, who's who gonna take the chip Honestly, I feel like coming back from COVID, it's almost going to be a clean slate. Obviously, they're, like, bringing in their, you know, based off their record before. But I do feel like everybody has a fair, sh- a fair chance coming off of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, 
you know, some of some athletes might not have worked out, <laughs> might right. not have shot around, you know, yeah. a ton during COVID. So the teams that were hot might not be hot anymore. I would love to see, honestly, I would love to see an unexpected team take it all. Oh, that's the Nuggets, baby. That's the Nuggets. <laughs> I don't know about the, I don't know about the Nuggets, but anybody else, I would love to see an unex, unexpected team take it all. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like the the teams that people are sleeping on are probably the teams where individuals are doing the most work during mm. COVID. Okay, okay. So, so because they they obviously still had a chance because they're playing right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. So, so who are you gonna throw out? Yeah, or you or you don't want to disclose that. <laughs> Yeah, let me hold that in. Also, I'll just say it would be nice to see Kawhi win. Okay. With the Clippers. I mean, like, yeah. if the man just keeps yeah. hopping around and winning championships, that'd be dope. So, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go for the Clippers right now, and okay. then we'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll hope for an underdog to take it all. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. I mean, uh, it will be good to have some basketball to watch. I, I literally – I watched some highlights the other day of the Nuggets and uh, saw Bull Bull <laughs> – do some work. I don't know if you watch his highlights though, but I mean, bro, he's looking good. He, he's looking he, good. He like a seven two, you know, seven two Giannis who can shoot threes. <laughs> yeah, for not as athletic and not as a uh, skilled at the. Uh, and his shot is funky, but yeah, but he hits, man. He hits. So he does. Um. Yeah. That's. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens in the in the, in the NBA bubble. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, crazy. Only, yeah. only in America. <laughs> gotta have our sports. Gotta have our sports. <laughs> gotta have our sports. We gonna we gonna create a bubble for sports. Uh, and we're yeah. also ready to see how the NFL kicks everything off. Yeah, the the NFL feels a lot more sketch to me, man. Uh, what uh, I I read something today though that they like finalized plans that every, the players were more in agreement with. Because you know, at first the players were like, right. "No, nah, this is not sound yeah. safe." I heard today that they finalized <laughs> some more like concrete plans that the CDC approved and mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, like the team doctors approved. So we'll see yeah. what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, I saw way that. bigger teams. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that some players decided to sit out. Um, yep. Recently too, and they're they're you know elite players in in the NFL. So, um, but we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, so. <laughs> It's kind of funny because I, I feel like we've got off topic a lot in, in this. Bro, uh, in so this, many times. It's cool, chat. though. But I, I think it's, to be honest, I feel like it's flowing well. So, <laughs> Hey, I'm following you, bro. Uh, so kind of, we'll try, we'll try and, you know, go to this. Uh, we'll cl- we'll try to stay on track. Closing phase, closing phase for the last few, few questions. Um, Bet. But in the midst of everything going on, man, um, you know, what do you feel like God's been teaching you? Yeah, uh, a few things. I think one, um, this year has been, for me, a, a spiritually challenging year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say that I, I am coming out of a spiritually abusive environment for myself personally, um, mm. com- combined with racial trauma. And so coming out of that, I was trying, I mean, honestly, trying to run <laughs> the complete opposite way of uh all of that experience you know i think for myself personally still knowing who god is and who i am um but just trying to figure out how do you do how do you do this health in a healthy way what does it look like yeah um and so for me personally during covid it's been a lot of like 
just realization of it's okay to not have the answers to everything. Yeah. Um, that really understanding what like faith is uh, and what it means to have faith. But I think part for, for me, part of faith is being okay with not knowing, being okay with gray areas. Cause I think there are some areas where it's just gray. Mm-hmm. Um, but trusting that God is still God, yeah. even in the areas that are gray. And also, like, I mean, you could probably relate to this, but <laughs> there's been certain things in my life that I've had to like wrestle through mm-hmm. but it, that were gray areas. And it just took me a while to get to a place where I felt like I brought understanding or like clarity in those areas. So definitely. Um, yeah, I think realizing that I, I might have areas that are gray right now that might not, that God might be working to bring clarity in. So sure. uh, for me, yeah, it's just been like, increasing my faith, learning more, um, about scripture. So that's a big thing for me right now is yeah. like having a personal theology, uh, cause I will never again, let another person tell me what I should believe. Um, so just really diving into scripture, mm. yeah, diving into the history of the word, understanding yeah. scripture in context, all mm. those things. No, that's good. That's good. Um, to real, uh, yeah, to be honest, I've kind of, I've been in, in the word a lot more recently, um, in the last, you know, month or month and a half. And, um, yeah. I've actually been on this little prayer call thing that, uh, where, you know, some people get together and we kind of read a passage of scripture for a little while, um, yeah. in the week and then kind of just talk about it. And man, I mean, like, it's been really refreshing for me to be honest, to like, to just talk about the word and and i think for myself you know like being in it um more than i had been um like in and like there's something that's kind of yeah like this hunger and this like um like thirst that's been like quenched where i'm like dang like this stuff like i was like man how come i hadn't been like you know pressing into all this stuff that's inside you know the word right now um especially during this time and and i feel like it um you know, God and his grace has definitely, yeah. you know, just um, give it like uh, renewed and, and uh, like um, lit that fire again to just be like, man, like, like, man, this, like, this is so filled with like, you know, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, um, you know, on how to navigate like everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh. I think for me been one of the things of like, I guess just realizing there's not a one size fits all for engaging with scripture. Sure. Um, and just finding for myself what it looks like to like really, cause I, I think for me personally, I'm like, I really want to get into it. Um, I mean, I've even thought about going to seminary um mm-hmm. yeah or just taking classes at a seminary I, I don't think i'm at a point in life where i can just drop everything and go to seminary. sure <laughs> taking some uh, classes at seminary at a seminary because i i really value understanding scripture mm-hmm. in context yeah. um because when you know when you have a foundation it's hard for people to knock you knock you down sure um and i think sometimes when there isn't that for myself personally when there hasn't been that <laughs> foundation of uh personal like theology based off of a deep study of scripture mm-hmm. it's been easier for me to blindly follow people instead of blindly follow jesus so 
creating more of a foundation so that I can follow Jesus. Right. And right. not blindly follow people. Right, right. So. Yeah, yeah. Reminds me of the story of like Nicodemus, right? It's like, you know, we need to be born again and have like new eyes, you know, to be able to yep. see and walk it with him well. Um, but many times, right, that process is a journey that um, uh, has a lot of uh, battles uh, and brokenness that we kind of need to walk yep. through um, to get to that point. Um, and it, I think this thought ran through my mind, uh, I don't remember a while back in our conversation, but I don't remember what it was relating to, but just the fact that I think everybody wants the fruit, like, and to <laughs> get to a certain spot, nobody really wants to yep. put in the work. Yep. Like, like, yeah, you, you got to put in the work, that, you got to put in yeah. the effort to like actually grow and to actually mature. Um, but we don't want to do that you know, and so we stay, Bro. you know, immature, we stay, um, you know, kind of just uh, stagnant and, and, and discouraged. Yep. That, I think that is, uh, that is, I mean, something I realized it's easier to have somebody else tell you what you mm -hmm. believe um, than for you to do the hard work and figure it out on your own. Yeah. Um, it's just way easier. So I personally am like, I'm committed to to doing that that work, you know, and yeah, trying to figure it out again. It's not not easy, yeah, uh, but trying to figure it out, bro. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, what advice would you have for you know people, especially young adults who are trying to you know figure out young adult life, but also just you know time during you know COVID? Yeah, I. I I mean, the biggest thing I would say, I think I mentioned this earlier, but set, set dreams. Um, something that I, I won't tell you how I decided to start doing this, but mm. I actually am glad I did. But something I'm starting to do is set a bucket list for every year mm. um, and put your like wildest dreams, put the things that you've always been interested in, but never had time to do on that list. And like really work through it and make it like manageable. If you know you can only make it through 10 things, only put 10 things, but make it manageable and make that be like a holistic list. Like let it be career-wise, let it be um, personally, let it be like hobbies, whatever it is, put it on that list mm -hmm. and try, try it out. Especially if you're young, if you're not married yet, even if you're married with no kids, like try it out. Yeah. Uh, Cause this is like our one time in life where we can actually follow our dreams without having other responsibilities yeah. and some of us already have those other responsibilities. And so, I mean, fit it in where you can. Um, yeah. but I think for myself personally, I've learned again, not to let society shape my future. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause society isn't gonna, isn't gonna determine my happiness. So sure. Making that bucket list, um, and yeah. I'm not talking about things like jump out of an airplane, uh, right. <laughs> which that can be that can be on your bucket list. But for me personally, it's things like I have an interest in working in politics. So something on my bucket list for this next year is applying to work for senators. Um, so I will complete <laughs> multiple applications to work for senators within this next year. Mm. Um, and so that is, you know, that's a goal that's maybe a year out, but it's something that. I can start working on now and it's career focused. Um, yeah. 
and it's pretty low risk. You know, uh, something else I want to do is start capturing stories of uh, black people. And one of the ways I want to do that is through uh, photography and I don't know how to take pictures. So uh, learning how to shoot is something that's on my bucket list. So there's like a bunch of stuff is that, you know, I just never have tried before. Yeah. Um, because I haven't had the time or I just haven't actually given it the thought time of day. And so if you're young, go ahead and try the things that you always wanted to try. Um, and then with COVID, I would say enjoy the downtime and learn to be comfortable with yourself. I think that we as Americans are very uncomfortable with ourselves. COVID has been so hard. So learn to be comfortable with yourself, figure out, I mean, take care of yourself. If you know it's not good for your mental health to be alone, like maybe find one or two other people to start like a small community with, <clears throat> maybe like a, a impromptu household with. Um, but take this time to learn about yourself. Take this time to think through the things you want to do. Take this time to think through um, the relationships you maybe need to let go of or work on. All of those things. Like this is the, probably one of the few times in our lives that we will have forced downtime because when outside opens back up and we have to go to work and everybody's meeting again it's not going to just be like before it's going to be almost catch up for all the time that we haven't done it so take advantage of this downtime and uh, try not to become too consumed and your own personal like concerns with COVID specifically and try to think about other people and how you can play a part in getting us back to normal sooner rather than later. So that would be my two, my two things. Word. Amen. Amen. I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, echo every single thing that you were saying, man. Um, so I'm glad that you had mentioned that you had been cooking more. So I, kind of, I've, I've been asking the other people in the series, this closer, <laughs> but uh, what is the last meal that you had for dinner? Last meal I had for dinner. Well, my birthday was yesterday. Uh, so I'm going to tell you last thing I ate out and then I'll tell you last thing I cooked. Birthday was yesterday. So for dinner, um, I had a taco from Torchies. Okay. Torchies. Yeah. And then, you know, birthday cake. So that, that was my dinner last night. Uh, last meal I cooked. Um, I've been, I've been eating these like protein bowls. Okay. That's what I call them. But when I actually start describing it, you might be like, that's not a, that's not a protein bowl. (laughs) but I'll put like some kind of green mixed greens at the bottom chicken or like a salmon, I think was my last one. Um, some sauteed vegetables. I had Brussels sprouts on the last one, uh, black beans, avocado, and what else do I have on there? Maybe some carrots or something. Cooked carrots, bro. It's smacked. Uh, but I am going to be making like, by in the next few days, I'm gonna be making some food that I'll eat at home. So, hey. stay tuned for that. It's gonna be a nice uh, soul food meal. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Um, any final words for our listeners out there? Where can people contact, connect with you if if, if you want to? Yeah. You know, or <laughs> uh, I mean, feel free to connect on social media. It's always good to know more people have a bigger network. So. Uh, follow, feel free to follow me on Instagram. That's really the only social media platform that I consistently use. It's just my name, Jamarcus Ransom, at Jamarcus Ransom. Um, but yeah, final words. Find your part to play in what's going on right now. Uh, be on the right side of history. 
fighting for justice and bringing it into this pandemic. That's all I got to say. Word. All right. Well, thanks, Jamarcus, for, you know, taking time out of your day and for chilling with us. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have you on again, man. And, and there's definitely a lot of things I'm sure that, that um, you know, we, we uh, can discuss. But, uh, yeah, take sure, care, bro. man. Everybody out there, keep calm, chill. And, uh, yeah, keep cool. Um, stay safe. Keep cool. All right, bro. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for chilling with Jamarcus and I today. We're honored you took some time out of your day to listen in and be a part of the convo. You can get in touch with Jamarcus on IG at Jamarcus Ransom. If there's one gem that stuck with me today in this conversation, it's the fact that we focus too many times on the cure slash treatment rather than preventative measures. Don't let your wounds fester and don't let your foundation crumble. Be persistent and consistent with caring for yourself and caring for others. That's it for the Chaos Essential series here at the Third Culture Kingdom. Follow, subscribe, download, share. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Third Culture Kingdom. We'd love to hear what parts of this series resonate with you. So please DM us on Instagram or Facebook. I can promise you there is some exciting content we have on the horizon for you. But in the meantime, keep calm and chill. This is your host, David Huang, signing off on the Third Culture Kingdom. Blessings. Thank you.